0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Employers across the state are struggling to find workers. Some blame federal unemployment policies that make it more profitable for some people not to work. Jackie Turner is with the Department of Employment Security. And We hear from employers every day, legislators saying, what can we do? Companies need workers. When do these benefits run out? Why aren't people working? Those kind of things. There are around 50,000 jobs available across Mississippi. Yet 75,000 residents are drawing unemployment. Around $3.9 in federal and state unemployment benefits have been paid out since March of last year. And Milwaukee Tool has announced an expansion that will create 1,200 Mississippi jobs. Governor Tate Reeves.
2: This project is the fourth largest economic development project in our state in the last 10 years, and it's the largest project in seven years.
1: For Super Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. As billions of dollars flow into Mississippi from the American Rescue Act, State Auditor Shad White will be watching closely.
5: The lesson I think we're going to learn from this latest round of stimulus spending during COVID-19 is that even if we spend money intended to go to
1: Main Street, we have to make sure that we do a better job of preventing it from being stolen. In the coming months, leaders will decide where the funding will go, and tuition will slightly increase at seven of the state's eight public universities. At an average, of around 3% for both in and out of state students, the price hike approved by the institutions of higher learning will occur at each of the state's universities with the exception of Jackson State. The average cost of in-state tuition will now be just over $8,200 and out of state tuition will hover around $12,200. For more Mississippi News, find us at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
6: For Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action last night saw the LSU Tigers take the second game from Ole Miss, 7-2 last night, improved to 23-14, 5-11 in the conference. Rebels fall to 27-11 and 9-7 in the SEC. They'll play the final game of the series today with noon first pitch, and then the Grove Bowl at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Mississippi State played Vanderbilt last night and the Commodores came out on top 6 to 2 over the Bulldogs, to improve to 30 and 6, 12 and 4 in the SEC, while Mississippi State falls to 28 and 9 and 10 and 6. They'll play the second game of the series tonight at 6:30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network, 12:30 tomorrow for game 3, Mississippi State versus Vanderbilt. Southern Miss squeaked out a 6 to 5 win over Western Kentucky in Conference USA action in Hattiesburg yesterday. The Golden Eagles are now 24 and 12, 11 and 5 in Conference USA they'll play a double header starting at two o'clock today and they'll wrap up the series tomorrow in hattiesburg with a one o'clock first pitch this is Super Talk sports mississippi do you ever feel like you are in the dark well with a propane generator you'll never be in the dark
7: again at least when the lights go out enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out propane generators assure you will always have power propane fueled clean cooking hot water on demand warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most why would you choose anything else propane clean american energy visit mspropane.com today
6: looking ahead to the nfl draft which is this thursday in cleveland and it's thursday friday and saturday as a matter of fact expect Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson, to be the number one pick overall, and the Jaguars have that number one pick, followed by the Jets, 49ers, Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, Broncos, and Cowboys, rounding out the top ten picks in the NFL draft. The Saints don't have a pick until number 28. Some of the players in Mississippi that hope to hear their names called out. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Kenny Yaboa, tied in from Ole Miss. Kylan Hill, Mississippi State's running back. Kobe Jones, Mississippi State defensive end; Errol Thompson, the Mississippi State linebacker; Tim Jones, Southern Miss wide receiver; Kyle Hemby, Southern Miss defensive back; Patrick Sertain, who played at Alabama as a cornerback, is the son of former Southern Miss star Patrick Sertain. He expects to hear his name called out as well. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
0: Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions
8: and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into weekend gardening. I don't know if it rained at your house last night, but... The street's flooded in front of my place this morning, and that's even with the new street. So I'm a little bit distressed about the drainage system, but that's nothing new. How about you? How's your garden doing? I'm glad to say that the water's running off the garden and into the street, which is why it's flooding at this moment. (laughs) Lots of rain in a short period of time. And, of course, as gardeners, we both like that and don't like that. Let's talk about it. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My name is Nellie Neal. I'm known as the garden mama around this place because, well, everybody's garden needs a mama. Everybody's garden needs a little advice, and quite frankly, that's what I'm all about. I will not tell you anything that I don't know to be true. I'll even tell you when I just absolutely don't know even what you're talking about because that's what you want to hear. You don't want somebody that's just going to sing you a song, and the only reason to be doing garden radio for the the length of time that I've been doing it is because, well, frankly, I'm not going to baloney you. I'm going to give you the truth. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. And who are we have? We got a lot to talk about. Good morning, Rhino. Welcome in. Glad to see howdy, you could come and howdy. see us on this early morning.
9: It's nice to be here.
8: Well, I'm glad you didn't have to swim over. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Appreciate you. When you call, you'll talk to Rhino first, is the Supertalk call line. And, of course, the C Spire text line is open to you. Y'all are already using it. I appreciate that very much. It is 601-879-4395. I... Uh, this is really the point in the year where everybody wants to know, should I prune this? Should I fertilize that? Should I do the other thing? What else should I do? Tell Mike no. (laughs) That's the answer to that. (laughs) Hang on, Mike. I'll get to you in a minute. (laughs) He's just doing that because he knows that I'll tell him no to that particular thing. Anyway... I've been wondering about how come we love tropical plants. I've been wondering about how come the spring has turned out to be so cool in Zone 8. I've been wondering about, quite frankly, whether or not my basil's going to make it through all this water that keeps falling on it. What are you wondering about? Let's talk today. Let's let's find some things that we can either agree or not agree on. Just a word or two about those azaleas as we get started today. I'm always um, enjoying... Alan Owings, of course, he the the horticulturist from Louisiana, that's a good way to put it. he got every kind of title in the world. But one of the things that he works on, of course, is providing great information to all of us in the Deep South about what to do and when to do it. Um, let me tell you something. He's, he is acknowledging that there might be some cold damage to your azaleas. You might see splits at the bottom. They may have lost all their leaves. And sometimes even the flower buds don't make it. But if the, if indeed that's all happening, work on that, what he calls the rehabilitation pruning before you put the fertilizer out. Now, you want to prune azaleas still, even the damaged ones, after they would or should have bloomed, okay? So that because we're going to keep them in sync for the following year. Real important to understand that. you got to make sure that the iron and the micronutrients are available. That has to do with the soil pH. That has to do with choosing your fertilizers and using organic matters, which are acid in nature, to help all of that. Controlled release type fertilizers, he says, is great. Um, If you've got the yellowing leaves that have the green veins in them, of course, the interveinal chlorosis, you can either... Put the soil, put the iron in the soil or on the leaves, but you're still going to have to adjust the pH to solve the problem in the long term. Okay. Um, anyway, that's some stuff you might want to know about azaleas today. Mike's in Houston. What's going on, Mike? Well,
10: I tell you what, I got, uh, but uh, oh. I got uh, a monkey wrench in my fertilizer. I think I'm not certain. I've got. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out. You
8: need to turn the radio some, uh, down. Meal. You're hearing me oh, coming yeah, back okay, to you. you. Gotta turn yeah, the radio down. You should know that. Put him on hold. We'll come right back. Let's talk to Carrie. Good morning, Carrie. I'm not sure where you are, but let's talk about planting. What's on your mind today?
11: I'm in I'm in Baldwin, right outside of Tupelo. There, sure. And, uh, and I'm a rookie gardener. I'm 60 years old, but I'm ready to grow my own tomatoes this year if I, like I can. So, I like it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I know I like the Roma tomatoes and the little cherry tomatoes. When should I plant? And I don't want a big garden. I just want enough to do me and my, you know, my neighbors and my mother.
8: Mm-hmm.
11: Um, you know, just three or four plants of the Roma. When should I plant?
8: Now's the time. What,
11: I don't want to cut up a big old patch. I just want to, you know, just grow a few
8: now's the time to grow what you're talking about. You probably don't need more than a four foot by four foot area or you need some big pots. You know, you can grow those those tomatoes that way. Either way you want to go. I will suggest that if you're only going to grow tomatoes and that's perfectly fine. But if you're only going to grow tomatoes, get something else like basil. Or big marigold flowers or something and plant with them because that will help the change the odor in the area and keep some of the insects away. Which we always have insects, you know. But if you're, the tomatoes yeah. that you're uh-huh. growing I think are good choices. Roma's a really good choice. Cherry tomatoes are very easy to grow. And if, if I was going to grab another one that I've seen growing well over in the, the Tupelo area, I would probably go with the variety Celebrity. It's not as tall a plant. It doesn't need as big old steak like some of them. But I would get a couple of Celebrities just for the salad slicing type tomatoes. Um, Roma, for obviously for the paste tomatoes and for chopping up into salads. And then cherry tomatoes for everything else. So I think you're on your way. And by the way, to start a new thing at 60 is absolutely on trend.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just retired. The sad news for
12: the
8: young folks is that we're going to be around a long time. (laughs) Yeah.
11: Yeah. All right. The the ground where uh, where I've kind of picked out is kind of hard clay. Should I. uh, uh, but you tell me about we could put them in pots. So you certainly can. can buy
8: some potting soil or some bedding mix that your um, garden center mixes up itself, you know, either way.
12: Okay. Yeah. All right.
8: That, it okay. all works. Just be sure that you're using something that's at least the size of a five-gallon bucket, and I would like it to be a little bit bigger than that to grow tomatoes. Okay. Okay. All
11: right. Sounds good. Let me know Thanks. how it
8: goes. Thank you, Carrie. Appreciate that very, very much. All right, is Mike straight up now? Let's talk to Mike. Hey, Mike.
10: Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Finally, uh, you're right. Turn the radio off. Anyway, uh, I did try some fish meal uh, stuff. Uh, I'm giving to make a new batch of uh, tomatoes and stuff like that in the ground, and also in the containers, some mm-hmm. new more. more. Uh, is triple 13 too hot?
8: Yes. Too I don't like triple 13 in the garden, in, a, in a, a vegetable garden, or really in a flower garden either, and here's why. It's formulated to be put out in a drop spreader behind a tractor, and that it works great. It's That's what people use it for. But in our gardens, it oftentimes has way too much potassium for what we're trying to grow. We don't need to put all that excess potassium into our garden soils. And because of the material itself, it brings the carriers with it, which in turn are not as available to the plant. You you can get a quick jolt off of it, but the whole thing has to decompose before it's actually going to be available to your plants on a regular basis. And by then, sometimes it's already washed off. So it's not the one for gardens. Um, I like your idea of fish meal. I wouldn't do that just by itself, but that's a good start.
10: Uh, I've got some bone meal and also I got some blood meal.
8: Mm-hmm. Well, look at your and analysis because all of that's kind of you're going to be heavy into nitrogen with fish meal and blood meal. So make sure that you're not getting too much nitrogen. We don't want you to just grow leaves, you know. <laughs> we want you to also grow some tomatoes and whatnot. So I go to so
10: I go to bone. Uh, I'll put the bone meal
0: there. Well, you can be bone meal probably.
8: takes a, bone meal takes months to come to work. So um, um, I don't. Do you use Epsom salts on stuff? You can do. You can put in Epsom salts. I would just go and get some vegetable garden food and mix it in with the soil both in the ground and in the containers.
10: Sounds wonderful. Uh, Also, this year, I'm going to try to pinch off my tomatoes. Is that an idea good?
8: It's a real good idea. I particularly like it around July when they stop bearing because it's too hot. But you can do it from the beginning if you're trying to make a bushy plant. My concern is just that it would take long to grow and you might not get tomatoes before it gets too hot.
10: True. You're doing a wonderful job.
8: Thank you, sir. Good to hear from you. I appreciate that very, very much. Let's see now. Dave's in Ridgeland next on the Super Talk call line. What's going on, sir?
12: Excuse
8: me. I got mole crickets okay. in the garden. Okay. What do I do? <laughs> What what are you growing? What is it in the flower garden? Is it in your food? Where where are they? It's food garden. Okay, that's going to be a little bit tougher. But there are products that we can use to. I wonder how they got there. Good grief, I don't like. That's mold. A good I, don't, I don't like mole crickets. I don't like mole crickets. But you're in Ridgeland, so you. I don't know which garden center you go to, but you got a couple of really good ones up there. If you just go there and talk to them, they're going to give you the right thing. You're, and and because there's two or three choices, I don't know what's in the stores. Most years, I've actually been to all of the garden centers by now, but last year and this year, I haven't been out too much. So I just have to tell you to go and speak to them, but they will know what they will know what to do that will also be safe to use around your food. Let me ask you a question. Yeah.
10: Where they're at, it looks like a tunnel, like a mole would run yeah. through, but it's mm-hmm. about the size of a pencil. It is, right. That is mole crickets, isn't it? Okay.
11: Probably, okay, thank you, Nancy.
8: Probably, probably. Dig around and take one with you put it in a jar
11: i've dug but i can't find them
8: okay well in that case take a couple of pictures and if you if you can possibly you know take that with you and just show them on your phone what you got going on that'll help okay thank All you right. thank you then. They're, they're really helpful they're the the, the the local garden centers that have certified nursery professionals in them and you can always ask about that are have lots of answers and sometimes it's a matter of looking at what your specific situation is. You can tell them whether you want a natural source or whether you're not concerned about that. You can, you know, talk about different things with them. It's the sort of thing that is a a Monday afternoon visit to the garden center as opposed to a Saturday morning, <laughs> if you don't already know somebody. But this particular year, I'm thinking that Saturday morning is even A-OK. You know, people continued going to garden centers because it's outdoors. and Frankly, I, will, I honestly believe that once we realize how few people contracted or died of flu and how many fewer of us are having terrible pollen problems because we're actually filtering with by wearing a mask, I don't think it's going to be that uncommon. Now, if you've been to my garden, anytime there's pollen flying, you've seen me in a mask anyway for years because I wrap things around my head. But I believe they'll be a little bit more tasteful than my old torn up T-shirts. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. Good morning, Greg and Nettleton. Um that that is morning has broken is a wonderful Cat Stevens song. You're absolutely right about that. Um all those morning songs are fun, you know. That's really great stuff. Good morning, Paula from Dentville. Good to hear from you today. Um This is Andrew. Till the garden and spread fertilizer on it before the rain, that was probably a good idea. He wants to know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Um it's certainly ready to plant as soon as it dries out. And the only only problem would be if you got so much rain that it washed out of your root zone. But I, I don't think I don't I don't know how much rain you will have gotten, but but check take a look at that. The problem the only there's not a problem with it anyway. But when you go to plant, you may end up planting more you may end up um putting in a little more fertilizer, or you may plant wait a week and then fertilize, in which case neither one would be a problem, okay, okay, um, let's see uh I'm just gonna say good morning, Ken. Oh, that's beautiful, John's busy, that's gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, John. I appreciate you sending that. That's really beautiful. Um, and we've got some ideas, of course, for the, the traditional soap sprays and, and things like that, which are a good idea. But first you have to figure out what it is that your problem is. <laughs> so, whether it's mole crickets or whatever it is. Um, I love that y'all are texting me good morning today. That lets me know you're there. lets me also know that... Uh, You didn't get rained out last night. (laughs) You know how much I love camera traps. Um, I'm really very crazy about the notion that we can have a box with a camera in it and watch what's going on when we're not out in the field or out in the woods or out in the, in this particular case, um, Africa's Deep jungles, Florida Atlantic University, for some reason or another, decided and have published in Oryx, the International Journal of Conservation, stuff about the uh, Lomami National Park and its buffer zone. This is the only national park that in in the Democratic Republic of Congo that um, is home to the endangered Dryas monkey. And I have to tell you, they it's it's this is crazy. The things are like five pound creatures, and they live in the thicket, so observing them, much less counting them, (laughs) is next to impossible, but we understand how few there are because of the environment around them and how it has changed and you don't see them, so you don't see them. But using non-invasive trap cameras, um, that's the kind that don't have flash, they just are movement recording, they did this for five years have to really have a lot of patience to conduct that kind of study for five years. Collaboration with folks from there. And they now have really beautiful detail of this particular this this species. Um, they found them in seven different locations in the park and the area right around it. So that's very exciting. This is the most we've ever known about the creature. And I have to tell you, if you have an opportunity, go take a look, Dryas, D-R-Y-A-S um this is with Florida Atlantic University and of course you can go to any conservation site they've got the story but it's it's hard to find it's hard to take care of creatures you can't see and which is surprising with with that particular
9: species because they have colors on a mammal that you usually see on birds yes that's
8: why they're so cool but because they live in the thicket so that they don't their predators can't find them we can't find them either and they're only 5 pounds. I mean, come on, that's a pretty small primate. Especially when you look at me. <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay, that person will come back. Let's see what we got. So much going on this morning. Y'all are busy. Super Talk call line, c text line, thank you very, very much. I appreciate y'all being here. Um, we're going to talk about blueberry bushes that are potted up and blooming. We're also going to try to delicately discuss the bathroom habits of stone-age black bears and um, the urinary habits of beetles. If you're having breakfast today, I promise it'll be funny. It's not going to be embarrassing. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Open up the window,
0: let me catch my breath. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. So
4: Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment: 601 5585 or go to MS.
8: cornbread this week, and you know what I found out? I found out that if I dilute the buttermilk with a little bit of water, I actually like the cornbread better. <laughs> now, there are people out there saying, oh, no, but it it made a, I like to fry it, too. I like to fry the batter, too, and it made a better batter for both things. Harumph.
9: You can argue with me if you want to. So you get the skillet nice and hot, put the batter in, That's it. cook it, get a crust, and then put it in the oven?
8: Well, yeah, you can do that. You can also just turn them over like pancakes, except they get to be fatter. And they're just, they're hoe cakes, I guess. There I'm you not go. really sure. But the, I, I have, this is really a long way for me, because I don't like buttermilk. And for everybody now who's groaning, is she really from the South? Yes. But I think it's because the buttermilk was a little more buttermilky than I wanted, <laughs> just like the cornbread was. <laughs> And I've solved my problem. You have to be adventurous. You must try to cook. You know, you have to do things. But can I say this? You're a young man. You're a single person. Oh, yeah. You have wide range of opportunities and things that, that you can do, Rhino. And I'm curious. How come every for the last, since the pandemic, it doesn't matter where I go or what time it is. There's 10 people in every fast food restaurant's line. <laughs> now, I know, it's, I know that that many people were not actually eating in the restaurant at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I've taken into consideration, okay, it's lunchtime and nobody can go eat inside or they don't want to. They want to run back to the office or to the park or do something. But I really think it's because no, people don't cook at home at all. And I, I, that's kind of sad.
9: So, oh, yeah.
8: Because so, uh, you cook. I mean, I know you cook.
9: I try to cook. There are times when I just don't feel
8: like cooking and I'll go out. But I, I avoid those lines like the plague. Yeah. I mean, and I appreciate the fast food workers. Hello, y'all. God bless you. But my goodness, it's a lot of people in a line at, at a, all the time, day and night. It's just weird. Anyway, I, I don't think they need to be. Beating a path to my door. I don't have anything for you to eat either, but I'm. I do. I cook, but I also thaw. You know. <laughs> so there's somewhere in there, everybody can find something. I think that works. It's just interesting to me. There's there's so many things. You know they they you know it's kind of not gardening, but they they measure everything that happens in a fast food restaurant from the time you par- br- pull into the d- parking lot to the point where you're served and gone. There's Time things to meet. And I just have this vision that every manager is tearing all their hair out because you can't possibly serve that many people from the same setting that you've been in previously when there's three times as many people all day long. Anyway, never mind. On to other things. Um, Four potted blueberry bushes that, uh, this is an interesting thing, they bloomed, but the blooms shriveled up and fell off. Or she thinks, perhaps, are the birds causing the problem? The birds won't be causing this problem. The birds will eat the fruit <laughs> when it forms fruit. You have to watch for them then, but you're not getting pollinated for some reason or another, and it could also be temperature because sometimes blueberry flowers fall off if they're too if it's too cold for them to set um, i'm I'm happy to tell you that in my fairly protected backyard in zone eight in an urban environment. I have blueberries, but I've heard from many people, even just right near me, but they don't live in a protected garden. Uh, Mine has trees all around it, uh, around an acre, so I have more baffle than a lot of other people do. But uh, a lot of folks have not gotten blueberries this year, and they're attributing it to the freeze. So I hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) Anna's in Oxford. Good morning. How are you?
12: Oh, fine. Uh, We've just had a huge branch come down and landed right on top of my hydrangea. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to deal with that later, I think. But um, you were talking about the lineups outside of restaurants? Yeah. Well, well, on Saturday mornings, we go to Walmart. On driving back, we pass um, a Starbucks.
2: Oh.
12: (laughs) It is so funny. The, The lineup goes into the road. There must be about 40 or 50 cars. These kids can't... I I guess it's kids... Can't make their own.
8: coffee. Oh no! I think it's people our age, Anna. <laughs> I don't
12: know how to tell you this. <laughs> well, we've we've been grinding our coffee for over fifty years. Exactly. So, I mean I, exactly. I know how to make coffee. Exactly. <laughs> At least my my husband does. <laughs> but it's so funny because I know that I have to get into the left lane because I'm going to gonna have to go around.
8: I'm so those... <laughs> glad it's not just me. I mean, I, I sometimes I see things and no one else in the world even sees it, and I go, I must have that must not have been what I saw, you know. <laughs> But there truly are longer lines all the time. And I feel for the, the not only the barista, the clerk, or whoever it is at the window, but the person having to keep track of all of that.
12: Yeah, Good but heaven. the sad thing is, there's nobody in the Dairy Queen. Oh, no. <laughs> well, they better
8: make some better coffee. <laughs> I mean,
12: it, it, you know, you can almost sort of tell
8: the temperature of the people. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I'm so glad to hear from you. Listen, I hope the hydrangea survives.
12: Oh, I'm sure it will. It started out from a cutting, and it's uh, you know it's at least five feet tall. Um, and uh, most of my plants are doing pretty well. Last night, oh, I have a bowl of beauty, the uh, peony. Yes, and and it was you know I knew it was going to rain. I put plastic over it. I, I, last year, I lost the flower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I covered it. So I, I haven't been out yet. I haven't seen it. And also, I have these wonderful, you know, I can't think of the name of them, the ones that you get at Christmas, and they have the great big red flowers.
8: Amaryllis.
12: Amaryllis. Mm -hmm. I've got several of those which I've been uh, nursing over the past several years, and they're the, pl- the flowers are huge, and the bulbs are huge. I don't know what to do with them now. <laughs> <laughs> but now I just I, I just covered them up because of the rain. Yeah, well,
8: and that, that keeps yeah. the flowers from getting crushed. So yeah. but you, you're, you're having good success. That's the problem sometimes when we have good success. I'm, I'm well, having that. Give... My, my snapdragons that I thought froze, and I cut back, of course, immediately are now in beautiful bloom. And um, I was... This is this. Talk, you talk about first world problems. I was there yesterday, looking at them, going, "Should I cut them today or should I let them get rained on?" You
12: know. <laughs> well, have you noticed oh, no. that irises seem to sense when it's going to rain, so they make sure that their flowers are out, so they can turn to paper when it rains.
8: It, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I've got two doing that right now at my house. The bearded the bearded <laughs> have been lovely, but truly, they honestly they they bloom and go out in the same moment when it rains.
12: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It's
8: just, Crazy, they,
12: they know
8: they know. <laughs> I'm afraid they might. Thanks, Anna. Have a wonderful day. Take care now. Bye bye. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, I hope the hydrangea's okay. Anytime somebody tells me they've raised something from a cutting, I always want it to do better. It's just tough stuff. Um, somebody else is going to have to help me with this. There, it, there's a question here, um, and, and it's uh, I don't know, Janice from. Joplin. I don't know. But is there a good cherry tomato? It's Sandra. I'm sorry. Is there a good cherry tomato that is determinate and can easily be grown in a pot? It's not technically determinate, but yes, there are container varieties and they are determinate because they do stop at a certain point. But the bigger point for them is that they have small root systems and so they can be grown in containers more easily. And um, they have names like Tom Thumb and and that, you know, those kind of names. You'll see the plants in in many, many places. I'm I'm not sure where to tell you to go to look for them. But, yes, they are out there. You can actually grow, there's a Roma tomato that you can grow in a container. It's called Window Box Roma. And you'll see those plants, and nobody ever buys them because they don't know what that means. Well, what it means is you can grow it in a hanging basket. So if you're not, you know, you, you may not have window boxes, and actually who does but anyway <laughs> oh my goodness let's see what else um oh james that's beautiful there's a a bicolor petunia that that reminds me of for some reason the 1980s that they had the development of the petunias with stripes and going straight out in four four or five stripes in the the petals just beautiful really lovely 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 delta danny's um Wife makes cornbread patties with a can of corn mixed in. Yes. And and that that to me that's a good thing. Um I I have been known to grow too much corn, not recently, and just literally run it off of the cob and into the freezer, you know, on, on in individual pieces. No, I don't blanch, no it's not a great idea. You can't eat it fresh, but you can cook with it later. <laughs> it's me and the cheap, you know. <laughs> But a can of corn is always a good idea. Um, and I don't know what that is. Blueberries were on the porch during the cold weather, and they did not freeze, but she only heard the end of the comments. Okay, well, here's the deal. I'm going to say one more time. I think you didn't get pollinated. So that's that's all I can say. I, that, that's... Because they will, they will find, they will find a way to hold their fruit. If the plants dry out, if the containers are too small, all that sort of stuff affects it. But it sounds to me like they're growing well, and they just didn't get pollinated. Um, the uh, flowering maple is also known as a butylon, a b u um, t i l o n. I don't know, Chris. There's um, there are a lot of things that are illegal to dig up and transplant in terms of where you can get them from. In other words, you can't dig up stuff on public land or private land without private land without permission. And you can't dig up stuff on public land when it's in a conservation place or a a wildlife refuge or a national forest or a state park or any of that stuff. Can't do that because then you're taking it away from. Everybody else that might want to go watch it. That's why we always advise you to collect seeds of that kind of stuff. Okay? Um let me see. There was one down here that I missed, but I'll get back to it. Doop 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 doop. doop. Okay, I'll find it. Anyway. Thank you very much. 888 That's the phone number here. And the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. I promised you this. Um, there are many jokes, and if the children are listening, I promise it'll be clean, but you may have to explain some things. There are many jokes about particularly large animals who have the same bodily needs that all of us have and what happens to it, and where does it go, and all that sort of stuff. And there's always a note about bears in the woods. Well, it turns out that there was someone curious enough about this from St. John's College in the univer- at the University of Cambridge to actually sequence the DNA from the soil, from Stone Age black bears' habitat. I, As, as creative as I am, I cannot tell you why anybody would want to do this, but there it is. So what we have learned, this, this, and it's not just them, the Lundbeck Foundation Geogenetic Center, University of Copenhagen, all of these people, they, they actually have recreated the genomes of animals, plants, and bacteria of microscopic fragments of DNA found in the Chikidui Cave. What? How far do you have to go to even get interested in that? Well, you have to go pretty far. But if bears have always been your thing, why wouldn't you eventually be interested about the bears that were in the Stone Age, just like you'd be interested about the ones that live somewhere you don't live? So it is, in fact, a scientific first. But what we know now is that not only did they relieve themselves in the woods, as we would expect, but also in their caves. I figure it was a rainy day. And I'm just telling you, that's what they found out. Here's the deal what they've what it has developed for them, of course, is a technology that allows them to no longer need to get t- teeth or bone samples in order to actually get enough genetic material to recreate that profile that in turn informs not only the evolution of the creature but also of the environment around them so it's It's a fascinating thing i I imagine that there were five or six people who wrote grants, and because this one had the joke in it, they got the grant money, you know, <laughs> because it was funnier than somebody else.
9: I'm just imagining you, you find microscopic pieces of DNA. How do you even and you figure put out... together that, that Exactly.
8: Much? How in the world do you even know that that's what that is? Well, because luckily, electron microscopy has gone even farther than that. We can get into the particles now. Just amazing stuff. Which, by the way... I just saw a calendar for 2022, and it was advertised. I can't tell you where to get it. It flew past on something else Something else I was reading. And it's all pictures of electron microscopy of plants. Now, those have been done before, but I had literally just taken an email from someone on a different device about that. <laughs> Picked up my phone, and they're advertising this calendar to me about electron microscopy. Oh, dear, yes, we are all connected. Why don't we realize that? There's a whole lot of power to be had in the unification of human beings. <laughs> Come on, now. We'll all be better gardeners, won't we? You know it. All right, now, this is, this is one that we don't know the name of, so the person that keeps asking me, i got to tell you, I only know it as Piano Boogie. So let's boogie out of here and come back for weekend gardening.
11: more money do you need a high school diploma do you need help fast no problem contact your local community college to learn more about the my best program my best improving the quality of life for mississippians i'm dr andrea mayfield executive director of the mississippi community college board
15: funding for this ad provided by the wk kellogg foundation The Sheraton Flowood will be hosting a job fair. We're hiring for positions in food and beverage, housekeeping, finance, sales, engineering, and front office. The job fair will be at the Sheraton Flowood at 2200 Refuge Boulevard in Flowood on Friday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and also on Friday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also apply online at aimbridgehospitality.com.
12: I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. Have you got bathroom restoration or construction going on? Well, we've got you covered with the luxe luxury restrooms with air conditioning, LED lights, radio, Bluetooth, and all the amenities for your needs. When you've gotta go, you've gotta go. Gotta go. 601-879-3969.
14: No drip roofing and construction. Online at nodripms.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, no drip roofing and construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 1
8: turning 65 or new to medicare get a zero dollar premium medicare plan zero zip zilch humana can help making getting care more affordable with our zero dollar premium plans you'll enjoy all the benefits you've come to expect and more your dollar already has enough to do helping you with the budget is only right to learn more call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local humana sales agent
7: Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn, turn your radio on turn, radio on. turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get God. Turn, your radio on, turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. the air. Turn your radio on to, to the master's master's Radio. radio. Get in touch with
8: God. Get in touch with God. Or and, you know, not to be impolite, to get in touch with me. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. And the C Spire text line, of course, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't say that, but it's it's okay. That's funny. I'll be forgiven. It's all right. Um, oh, Jim in Pontotoc on the text line. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm just going to read it, and those of you who have ever listened to me before will know exactly how I feel about this. I'm going to spray my garden with some Roundup. How long do I have to wait to plant? Oh, Jim. <laughs> May I just tell you what a bad idea that is. <laughs> but. Okay, that's what you're going to do. Here's the deal. Depending on what the weeds are, Roundup takes 5 to 7 days to shrivel everything up. But when you after you've sprayed it on to a, the plants that are there, what you're waiting for is for them to die. The Roundup itself is absorbed into the individual leaf and from there it does, yes, you know, go through the plant and so forth, but so it's going to depend on the temperature around you. It's going to depend on how much sunlight there is for the next few days, all those sorts of things. So it's probably five to seven days before it's um, the, the, for, before you can clear the bed. And you're still going to have to clear the bed because all those plants are going to be dead. And you're going to have to get them out of there. So it the, the waiting to plant part, read your label because there are different formulations of Roundup. Um, that'll tell you when, when you can go back in with a different plant. But in terms of it working, it's probably going to take five to seven days before, they'll, before those plants will be dead enough to pull out and plant again. Now, why is it not a good idea? Okay, it's not a good idea because of, of, of two or three reasons. First of all, Roundup doesn't kill everything and you'll believe that it does. And so you'll go ahead and plant and then things will come up and you'll get angry. But it's also true that If you will read about Roundup, you'll understand that there is an impact on the soil, and I would prefer you not do that, not impact the soil. We're we're working too hard to build our soil into happy, healthy, growing soil, okay? You can argue with me about it. I'll show you the articles. But my point is, if you're going to do it, it'll take you about a week to get to the point where they're all um, wilted enough to take apart. Oh, very, very cool. Hmm um, OK. oh, it's Scott. <laughs> this, this is I couldn't figure out who that was. Nice blueberries. They're looking good. You're right. And he's in, in central Mississippi, too. I'm happy to say that mine are doing well. Um, what a difference a year makes from Ron and J.S. And I love this. Didn't what he didn't do to him worked, <laughs> I think it's what he's telling us right now. Plant looks great now. He's right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sometimes we have. Sometimes our our enthusiasm is is great. I I was so happy, when for example the hi, the hibiscus did so well, and then it shaded my gardenia. So now my gardenia is kind of growing at an angle. Out to the left, you know, kind of, but got th- lean to it. Mean, I think I'm going to move the gardenia because the hi- the hibiscus are so beautiful. And sometimes it is. It looks like this was crowded, and he had fixed that. You know, he got whatever that other thing was out of there. And then sometimes that's really all it takes is the space that the plant needs. Um, <laughs> I love this <laughs> from Caledonia. How are y'all doing? Oh, it's a nice place. Say hello to my friends in Caledonia. I've had some seeds in my extra refrigerator for around three years. Will they sprout? Well, I don't know. But, of course, it's okay to try. There's no reason not to try. Um, take five seeds. Soak a paper towel, really, really damp, warm water. Put those seeds in it and roll it over a few times. Keep it damp, not like wet, but keep it damp. Spray it, you know, a little few times and get it to, to stay damp. And if nothing happens in a week to ten days, those seeds are dead, and you can get back the space in your refrigerator from that. <laughs> but if they, if three out of five sprout, you're on your way. Just you, you know, then that you have to seed twice as heavily as you ordinarily would, because some of the seeds are not going to be good, but some are. Um, the The reason for buying fresh seeds is because they've been tested right now, and you know what's how much is going to come up and how much is going to, you know, what percentage is going to supply. Um, the crop that you're trying to grow. So that's that's really the, 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 it's not that old seeds won't grow, it's that fewer of them will sprout, some of them lose their viability, and in, in order for you to know, you have to test them. But oh my goodness, I have, uh, I've just looked at a bag of seeds that I have, I have some really beautiful seeds, I just don't know if they're going to sprout, so I'm going to do that very same thing very soon. Um, thank you very much for the, comment on the music i appreciate that um and, and i do yes i do like the music no you don't find much of it anywhere else
9: i, I might don't. have just been able to resurrect one you were
8: talking about Yay. earlier. yeah i was hoping that's what you were doing <laughs> hey, do you have um do you have a lot of familiarity with screams i've always wanted to be jamie lee curtis <laughs> and be able to do that just literally just scream. I was raised to not do that. I was raised to quiet down. Stop screaming. Well, it turns out the uh, University of Zurich Department of Psychology decided they need to take a look at this, and I love the researcher's name. I don't usually give you these because it feels kind of funny to talk about someone that I don't know, but if if my name was Sasha Fruholtz, I would want people to use that name. I love that. Um, they investigated the meaning behind the full spectrum of human screams. Now, screams of delight are very different from screams of pain. Um screams of uh, of glee and joy are very different from screams of fright, you know, those they they they're different screams obviously. But I love that what they found out is that we human beings actually it's I mean it may not be so great for the notion of child-rearing and, you know, caring for one another, but the pleasurable screams, the the, the positive screams, the the you know, Oh, this roller coaster! Exclamation! F- yeah, this roller coaster's fun. You know, it's not killing me. Scream. You know, the the fun screams actually are processed more completely and more totally in our brains. The others go directly to a place of what do I do? You know, there's no, there's a, there's only a reaction, and there there's no identification with it.
9: Seems to have an evolutionary benefit to that. I
8: would think it would run the other way or something or run too. You know, there, there's always that difference between. People whose response is to drive quickly past the wreck, and people who want to stop and help. You know, there's there's a big gap in us human beings. Um, but they did four different studies. So they did, um, and, and see, here's what it is. I wanted. I love that they did this. They they got the participants. There's 12 people to to do screams positively and negatively based on the situation they were trying to elicit. I don't have that many screams in me. I don't. I, I. I've always considered screams to be something that you didn't have any control over. So I'm fascinated by this. I know that actresses and actors who do that for a living, like Jamie Lee Curtis, do have control over it. It's like anything else, singing voices and all that stuff. I don't have that control either. But I'm fascinated by this. I just think it's amazing. I'm. I'm not going to scream. But if you want to go out during the break, turn your radio up loud so you can hear the news and scream you'll feel better, but make sure it's a joyful scream. We don't want to frighten the neighbors, but we do want them to hear us. Let them know this is weekend gardening.
11: money do you need a high school diploma do you need help fast no problem contact your local community college to learn more about the my best program my best improving the quality of life for mississippians i'm dr andrea mayfield executive director of the mississippi community college board
15: funding for this ad provided by the
2: wk kellogg foundation by now Most of the farmers in North Mississippi know us, and a whole lot of people who love this land for hunting and fishing know us as well. Mississippi Land Bank has helped finance farmland, farm equipment, country homes, and recreational land for more than 100 years. We know the people, the crops, and the best fishing spots as well. We know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Visit mslandbank.com.
5: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601 345 8090.
1: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Billions in stimulus funding will soon begin flowing into Mississippi. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman breaks down where the dollars will go.
10: Education is $1.6 billion. Universities and colleges get $430 million. The state of Mississippi gets $1.8 billion. All of those together, along with mental health and a bunch of other things, is about $5.6 billion. In addition to that, the workers' compensation checks will be paid of approximately $3.4 billion to Mississippians.
1: Hosman says the final total comes out to about $9 billion. The push for the Green New Deal is now in full swing. Mississippi Congressman Michael Guest called it a job killer. I, along with many of my Republican colleagues, adamantly oppose this piece of legislation. The Green New Deal is job killing. It will make Americans less competitive and is estimated to cost as much as $90 trillion. I'm Andy Davis.
0: Free up your time. With steel, you can spend less time working on your yard and more time doing the things you love. Not sold at Lowe's or The Home Depot. Steel is only available through our 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Lowe's and The Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Get big league performance in your backyard with Steel Battery Tools. From mowers to trimmers, our AK Homeowner Series starts at just $199.99. Steel is not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot. Pick up at over 10,000 local dealers. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelDealers.com. All prices MSRP. Available participating dealers. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies.
1: Hurricane season begins in just a little over a month. Anthony Wilson, CEO of Mississippi Power, said what happened last year was way out of the norm.
6: We had one of our analysts actually go back and kind of sew together the number of days that we were either in a storm mode, in other words, returning power back on, or preparing to turn power back on, and it turned out 58 days. Last year, we were in that mode. So literally two months out of the 12 months, we were engaged in storm restoration.
1: Forecasters predict this year's hurricane season to once again be above average. And compared to 2020, sports betting in Mississippi hit a home run in 2021. According to a report from the Mississippi Gaming Commission, last March, just over $10,700,000 was wagered. In March of this year, over $50 million has been wagered. The highest wagers came from North Mississippi at over $7 million, followed by the coast at over $6 million. I'm Andy Davis.
6: For Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action last night saw the LSU Tigers take the second game from Ole Miss, 7-2 last night. Improved to 23-14, 5-11 in the conference. The Rebels fall to 27-11, and 9-7 in the SEC. They'll play the final game of the series today with noon first pitch, and then the Grove Bowl at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Mississippi State played Vanderbilt last night, and the Commodores came out on top six to two over the Bulldogs, to improve to 30 and six, 12 and four in the SEC. While Mississippi State falls to 28 and nine and 10 and six, they'll play the second game of the series tonight at 30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. 12-30 tomorrow for Game Three, Mississippi State versus Vanderbilt. Southern Miss squeaked out a six to five win over Western Kentucky in Conference USA action in Hattiesburg yesterday. The Golden Eagles are now 24 and 12, 11 and five in Conference USA. They'll play a doubleheader starting at two o'clock today, and they'll wrap up the series tomorrow in Hattiesburg with a one o'clock first pitch. This is...
7: Clean
6: American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Looking ahead to the NFL draft, which is this Thursday in Cleveland, and it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, as a matter of fact. Expect... Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson, to be the number one pick overall. And the Jaguars have that number one pick, followed by the Jets, 49ers, Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, Broncos, and Cowboys rounding out the top 10 picks in the NFL draft. The Saints don't have a pick until number 28. Some of the players in Mississippi that hope to hear their names called out. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Kenny Yeboah tied in from Ole Miss. Colin Hill, Mississippi State's running back. Kobe Jones, Mississippi State defensive end. Errol Thompson, the Mississippi State linebacker. Tim Jones, Southern Miss wide receiver. Kyle Hemby, Southern Miss defensive back. Patrick Sertain, who played at Alabama as a cornerback, is the son of former Southern Miss star Patrick Sertain. He expects to hear his name called out as well. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Supertalk Sports Mississippi.
0: Your host the empress of everything green nelly neal garden mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call
8: you hello baby hello 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 welcome into weekend gardening we i have a date on my calendar that i want to be sure that i tell you about uh, I, I think i wandered past it In the previous hour, I may not have said anything. I apologize for that. Um, Coming up really quickly. Yep, here in a minute. May 15th. The Rock and Roll Handyman and the Garden Mama will be on the road again at Ace, Bolt, and Screw in Gluckstadt. Now, Now, I'm telling you now, there'll be more information about that next week. But come on now. It's been a while since the buddy and I had a chance to go out and go anywhere. So I'm very excited. It's always a fun
9: time at Ace, Bolt, and Screw.
8: I mean, look. Yeah, you you do understand that that's absolutely the truth. I'm I'm a hardware person from way back, and if I ever write a sitcom, it's going to be about the fact that everybody comes to the hardware. Everybody needs bolts and screws. Everybody needs stuff, and it's one of those great equalizers. You know? <laughs> I look forward to it. It'll be fun. Um, he's he's we we can talk tools and stuff, which is you know quite frankly, I, my world. Anyway. <laughs> The air conditioner people, heater people came to fix my heater air conditioner yesterday. And uh, I said, you sure have a lot of tools around here. I said, yeah. That's the book I should have written. Move every 10 years, even if it's only across the street, because otherwise everybody brings their stuff to your house, and they leave it there. And then you get to go through it and organize it and sell it. (laughs) But the good news is there's always another tool that's of interest. There's always another Thing somebody's looking for. And I, I, I really appreciate that world. Probably should know more about it than I do. This is a good question. Oh, back in back in touch um, with Jim in Pontotoc. He appreciates about the advice on the Roundup. What should I do else? And what you should do else is, before you till, take a sharp spade, and or even you're a weed eater, but You can do the weed eater first, but the point is you want to take that sharp edge and go right under the soil surface and cut those roots off, cut those plants that are growing on top off of there. If you don't, if you just till them in the way you're advised, for instance, if you read a lot of really good gardening sites for other parts of the country, they'll say, oh, that stuff, whatever that is, those weeds, that grass that you're tilling under will make wonderful fertilizer for your soil. That's true if you don't live in the Deep South. If you live in the Deep South, it's going to come back up. <laughs> so you can bury it six inches, a piece of Bermuda grass or the, the seeds from some weeds or something or whatever you've got growing there. They're all going to come up. So scrape them off and get the area as bare as possible before you go to tilling. That will make a huge difference. Huge difference. Um Let's see. What keeps eating my basil? And since I don't know who this is, I'm going to say that it's Nellie and Jackson because, well, something's eating my basil, too. More than likely at this moment, it's slugs. And you do have to watch out for them. Diatomaceous earth is the best way. Circle your plants with the diatomaceous earth. Then the slugs cannot cross it. It will... I'm sorry. It'll slice their little bodies into ribbons. Yeah. And therefore... It's a good good a good control for them, but um, they're probably in your pot already now from the the amount of damage that I'm seeing here. So do a little poking around, make sure you can that they're not stuck on the back on the bottom in the cool dark areas around that container, and also. Um, make sure that you don't have anything else buried in the soil like caterpillars and whatnot that you're not seeing that would be doing that eating but at this time of the year it's usually slugs and snails because the slugs are really hungry and in our case we don't have very many snails so that's that's my concern is that you make you keep a good look at them okay 6018794395 is the c spar text line if you want to weigh in
9: Um, I think some French guy would pay for pre-marinated basil slugs.
8: Probably, probably. Um, This is my grisliest tale of actual snails and it's it's a good one. I rented a house once in the East Bay near San Francisco and there were so many snails in that area that when you dug into the flower bed to do anything, it crunched. And they had had a escargot facility, and unfortunately, the escargot, escar went, okay, they they escaped, and got Escar-scope. out, they seriously got out into the community, and it was one of those things that nobody in the area went around and collected them again <laughs> to do anything, but the the infestation, the population was greatly enhanced by the fact that their parent generations were well fed for a long time, <laughs> because it's such a delicacy to some people. Um there are people that feel about oysters the way I feel about escargot, you know, and I'm a big oyster fan. So, anyway, pretty funny stuff. I have to I have to tell you that I realize that that's a delicacy. Every every culture, every cuisine has a delicacy that may or may not be attractive to the next person. Um, there are people all over the world that love collard greens but can't understand why we put fat in them. Okay. It's a different. Even when you eat the same thing, you do it differently. Let's see. Um, my daughter planted pumpkin seeds in a pot. I'm going to say that this is Sela uh, from Sinatobia. I am just. I love alliteration because of my name, so I just give everybody those. Planted pumpkin seeds in a pot. Do they have any chance of making a pumpkin in that pot? Yes, if it's a big enough pot. Because you got like 20 feet of vine that's going to run off of that thing. So if it's in a tiny pot, the answer will be no, it's gonna to have to move up. But if it's in a big pot, then you'll be you'll be fine. You just have to keep water and fertilizer. When you plant pumpkins, when you plant melons, when you plant um cacuzza, when you plant um loofah gourds, when you plant anything that's gonna have a long vine and needs a hundred days to grow, you're really well advised to plant a reservoir with right next to where you plant the seeds, and that is to say, dig a hole, put in a A plastic jug that you have poked holes in the bottom of, leave the top on it, leave half of it exposed, and keep that thing full of water and fertilizer. You're keeping a top on it so you're not creating a mosquito world, but you're creating a constant feed for that vine. And you'd be amazed at how much difference it can make when you're trying – I mean, you literally are trying to grow – about 25 feet of vine with leaves bigger around than dinner plates. So it's going to take a lot of water and fertilizer to get that pumpkin. Um, any kind of fertilizer that you can mix in the water will work fine. Absolutely. that You can use a vegetable food. You can use a 20-20-20. At that point, you're literally doing constant feed. But it's got to be one that can mix into water. That's the only criteria there. Um Oh, my goodness. Gardenias, gardenias. Um, I love it when somebody reads something in my newsletter and then has, gives me a chance to talk about it. If you're interested in my newsletter, I wish that you would subscribe. It would be a really good idea for you and me both. And I'm going to tell you right now, the easiest way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash Put yourself in at the lily level and you will get the, the newsletter that's the simplest one but you can always send me an email and i'll tell you all that mama on air at yahoo dot com okay um she's right she's planted them in 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 a reworked bed that gets full sun from ten o'clock in the morning to four o'clock it might be too much for these three gardenias that she's just planted because indeed they do need bright light but they do not need direct sun um I will tell you that they can take some direct sun, but six hours in the middle of the day is a lot. If I could move them, I would. Since it's a brand new bed, that might be the best approach. But if you want to see if they're going to work, Corinne, I would just be aware that you're going to have to water a lot, especially this first year. If if we have a dry, even a dry week. Um, we're gonna they're they're gonna suffer. So give them a soaker hose or give them a very regular watering program, and just watch them. If they're not able to get established, if you begin to see paling of the leaves or anything like that, then you'll know that that it actually is too much sun. But it may not be. Um, it it's gardenias are are wonderful plants, but as soon as you say they only need bright light, which is true, um, you'll see some growing in full sun that are under an irrigation system every day. You know, they're getting water just like the hedge next to them or the lawn next to them, rather. And in that case, sometimes we can make them happy. just depends. It all just depends. Ah, yes, human screams. What about all this helicopters on Mars business? That's pretty cool, isn't it? I like that they took a piece of uh, the original Wright plane, the original Wright plane, Materials anyway, not from the plane. We have to leave the plane at the Smithsonian, but <laughs> the materials with them to have that little, little touch, little cachet of of our history in it. Um, but the the most beautiful thing to me is the silhouetted photograph of the helicopter taken from the cre- the thing above it. You know, from the actual lander because it's just really so cool, really beautiful. I love that it successfully took the second flight. Um, Because, let's face it, we can do a whole lot of things a little bit, but to actually get the next step where it can turn and move and do the things that it has to do in order to be of any use to us, that's good news. Um, I also have a great sigh of relief for the space travelers who successfully launched in the used rocket ship, let's just call it what it is. Now, come on. We need to recycle it. I mean, let's face it, those things. But it is an entirely different technology to, to re-land the thing and to reuse the thing and to do all that. And my goodness, if they didn't do it. <laughs> I think that's delightful. That's,
9: well, one thing about those rockets is even though they're used, which has kind of a negative connotation, they're still super high tech.
8: Well, yeah. And you, there there are a couple of interesting little science fiction fantasy stories about the underwater communities that are made from the stuff that we've dumped, you know, <laughs> over the years, <laughs> there's some pretty funny notions of what would happen to all of that stuff, because we humans always want to know, you know, we're we're endlessly curious. Uh, I don't, have you ever watched pelicans at the at the surface? Have you ever watched them surf at the surface of the water? I'm I'm a nut for pelicans. Um. I. I I realize that they're the state bird of my home state, but I don't think that's why. I think it's just because before I ever knew that, I was at the beach watching them, you know. The researchers at University of California, San Diego, (laughs) sometimes the things in nature are really hard to duplicate. They've done a theoretical model. It sort of works to describe how the ocean, the wind, and the pelicans all have to interact in the right way. I'm, I'm reminded of... The movement ecology recently, I believe, is where the study was published that tells us exactly how jellyfish actually have have. We always thought that they pushed that their push up was driven by their fans. You know, in other words, that they could pull up the water underneath their canopies and that would push them. Well, it's actually the other way around. They push on bare water underneath them first, and then that pulls that inflates them. So it's physics that seems completely contrary. It's all the things that we learn. Well, no, that's not right. It's upside down. And so that's what we're learning here as well. They're trying to get better algorithms to understand how the drones that need to fly over the surface of the water can actually work. But the pelicans have got them stumped because they do it better than anything else. Um, the the waves move the air, of course. That makes wind. And the birds track the waves, therefore tracking the wind. And that's how they gain their speed. And that's how they go faster because they're it's all working together. But putting us, to giving us little humans any insight into what's called wave slope soaring is a very difficult thing. And there's a whole lot of math involved. Hmm. It's another one of those things. If you ever wonder that there's order to the universe, you should know that there is. Because that's how we get that. That is exactly how we get all of that. Let's see. What are these wildflowers? I love that. Um, looks like verbena, Jeff. They are growing in gravel on the side of the road, and I I can't see it all the way. can't see the specific. I think that I'm looking at curly leaves on the ground growing up through grass to the flower, and in that case, it is verbena. Yes, we do have wild ones. Very nice plants. Very lovely. Um. Oh, yeah, the, the other reminder. If you are interested in my container soil recipe, I'll be happy to send it to you. That's another mama on air at yahoo.com. Um, I used to try to rattle it off and I can do that but nobody's writing that down you're all driving in your car somewhere happy birthday today Um, I don't do these anymore very much but by happenstance I discovered that today is Barbara Streisand's birthday and when I was writing about the gardenias yesterday because the entire internet is in my head as well as (laughs) on my screen I remembered that she had a quote about gardenias I I think I probably thought it was something a bit more romantic, but here's what she said. I love things that are indescribable, like the taste of an avocado or the smell of a gardenia. And that's true. It is pretty much indescribable. You can say it's floral. You can say it's musky. You can say it's all sorts of things, but it is a lush fragrance. Um, My story is that they were outside my window when I was a kid, and so they were going to come in through the open window Yes, I grew up before air conditioning in the house. Okay, calm down. They got it when I was a child. Um, But but they had an attic fan, and so the whole house smelled like gardenias at times. And that's how I, I mean, I just associate them with the happy times of my kiddiehood, you know. (laughs) But they are also a very intense smell, and not everybody can be around it for too long. That's for sure. Um, If you're a cut flower grower or want to be, please get in touch with Donna Yowell. You know, Flower Growers of Mississippi on Facebook, uh, dyowell at aol.com. We will be Tulip Tuesdaying next week, and the subject will be the bulb family. I'll be talking about bulbs for cut flowers. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, I haven't been to California recently, but apparently the great white sharks have, and there's more of them than before. Um... This is a conservation counting. All these things about numbers lately. How do we count this? How do we figure it out? How do we know whether we are doing anything any good for that population? Or are those plants ever going to sprout again? You know, that kind of thing. We counted them here. We don't see them anymore. And then we go a few miles north and they're there. But can they actually get established? All those kinds of things. There's not really anything. And I do have to say, you know, whether you're talking about Jonah or Steven Spielberg, the great white shark is something, John Donne Jonas, a whale. My point is that the bigger, the better. And when it comes to the human imagination for creatures, um, we don't often think of the great white as being a friend of ours. But we also thought that they were not in such good shape. May turn out that there's actually more in the Eastern North Pacific than we thought. Why? well, we may find, we found now that the mortality rates were sort of underestimated. However, we also found out that there are illicit fisheries harvesting them. Well, how are you going to know whether there's any there? And how do you know if there's enough? And how do you know if the conservation work is working if there's illegal fisheries? Harumph. We can talk about that. We can talk about this. We can talk about anything in your garden right here on Weekend Gardening.
2: Farming isn't exactly the simple life. It involves satellites and spreadsheets and high-tech machinery to succeed. You need equipment like spreaders and sprayers and combines and the financial tools as well. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has provided the loans that equip agricultural businesses. We understand what it takes to make a farm work, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. Mississippi Land Bank, MSLandBank.com.
5: Are you looking for something unusual or hard to find? You might just find it on HighBid.com. It's the online auction site for, well, Just about everything. HiBid.com has estate sales, closeouts, liquidations, even government-seized vehicle auctions. It's easy to bid on office furniture, antiques, sports memorabilia, restaurant equipment, motorboats, even arcade games. You can search for items by name or simply see where the next page takes you. Visit HiBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And find what you're looking for today.
8: Are you turning 65? Humana can provide answers to your Medicare questions, including, what are my Medicare plan options? Which Medicare plan is right for me? And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent.
13: This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 south in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination.
14: The madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors.
8: Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Good questions coming in on our C Spire line today. The texts: um, what apple trees, Larry wants to know. No, is it Larry. yeah, Larry wants to know what apple trees in uh, Mississippi. Look for Anna, first of all. Anna Apple is our, our best. We usually use Golden Delicious for the pollinator, but there are others, but that's a good choice. There's also, um, oh, I can hear my friends at the Southern Fruit Fellowship going What's she going to say now? Well, isn't there an Ozark apple, Ozark mountain apple or something like that that y'all grow? Anyway, there's some real good ones. They're just not the most common. Anna is, for me, the most reliable The fewest chill hours is actually what you're looking for when we're choosing peaches and pears and apples. We're looking for things that don't need as many cold hours, many chill hours. And all of them are rated, so you can always read about them and find out which ones are going to be better for us. But Anna is, to me, the taste is delicious. It's a beautiful red apple, and I just, it's delightful. But you do have to have a pollinator, and Golden Delicious is oftentimes the one that people use for that. Um, Beautiful picture of Iris and Clinton. That's gorgeous. Thank you for showing me. That's lovely. That's Gloria. That's beautiful. Um, Let's see. We'll talk about that in a moment. (laughs) Joe and Madison. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Joe. Joe recognized that tune. Yay. (laughs) Sometimes... um, Music has such a strong place in your life that to hear it takes you somewhere else. And time is tight is one of those. That's why I wasn't sure if I could listen, but I could, and I like it. It makes me happy. makes me very, very happy. You ever heard of Jatropha? Mm -hmm. Jatropha is a a, a plant. Jatropha is a shrub. It has an interesting, uh, well, there's a lot of things about jatropha that are that are interesting, but it among other things it has been used forever in in herbal medicines and in uh, cultures that didn't have access for example to some of the things that western societies have had. But it's a it's a native to North America that now grows just about everywhere and it is one of the things that is been was we get to understanding that everything, if you follow my thought and you agree with me, or you could even say, okay, I'll follow her down this road for a minute before I leap off the train. Um, everything on the earth has a reason. Everything has an association. Everything has a purpose, okay? Otherwise, there wouldn't have been room for it. <laughs> There's too much else going on. That's why things, not everything evolves, okay, into the next set of circumstances. But this particular um has also been called the purging nut was its common name. You'd see it written about long before you'd hear about jatropha. You'd hear about the purging nut, and it is um, all kinds of medicinal things have been done with it in the in traditional medicines, including treatments of cancer. So now that we have enough, I really do believe that understanding and discovering the the direct correlation between the chemical compounds inside Japanese yew and the treatments of cancer from it have led us to a much broader understanding. We used to say, well, yeah, there's probably something in nature, but where is it and how would we isolate it and where would we find it? Well, technology and all those things have caught up. And so now we're able to do this. Um, they, they found the com- family of compounds, the Kirkosone, A, B, C, and D, and it's novel structures. Their biological function is different, and and if we can... Isolate them and amp them up, which is what they're doing in this particular study at Purdue University, we will have a more effective treatment, one that we know works because it works and that comes from a place that we understand the background of and we can do the research on because the plant is still growing today we don't have to go into the vault we don't you know we don't have to make something up we don't even you know we just have to understand that jatropha is the one that's going to work and Plants get their common names for a reason, okay? That's the reason in this particular case. Um, Brian's got a question. How often can you recycle potting soil, and what would you do? Well, recycling potting soil is essentially one of the reuse, recycle, you know, reclaim things that I appreciate very much. I was just uh, the other day looking into... A stack of containers that I was waiting to see if they were going to survive. I had some bulbs in there, and they went through all the freezes and all the freezes and all the freezes. And when I put the trowel in now, the ones that did, some of them sprouted, but the ones that didn't, it's icky, it's fungus, it's yuck. Okay, so I dig that out and take it. Frankly, not even to the compost. That has to go to trash because I don't. I'm not interested in cultivating that particular fungus. I, have, I love lots of fungus, not that one. Um, pure rot isn't going to help my compost. My compost is going to rot naturally. It doesn't need the assistance. So that all that dirt, I literally take out, and I do pull the roots out of it. I do wear gloves to do this because, frankly, I'm, I just it works better. The gloves have a better grip with the little nubbies on them. And get all the roots out of there, take them to the compost or to the trash, depending on what kind of condition they're in. And the rest of that dirt then goes with some leaves. I got a bag of bark over here, and I made three out of about six big containers that had had things in it that croaked. I made four five-gallon buckets of mixed up soil with some leftover sand from some other project and some ground bark that I do I keep ground bark around every time all the time because I use it for everything along with this old soil didn't put any new soil in it but when I go to mix it with something else to plant in it I probably will so I want to make sure that the recycled soil doesn't have anything in it I don't want to grow first of all like the fungus Um, doesn't have too many roots in it because I'm not interested in those sprouting once those things are gone I'm not trying to encourage them either but I also want to mix it with other sized particles and other nutrients. So that's what the mix comes comes out to. When it's time to replant, I'll add a little fresh soil to it and have a bigger, bulkier spot. It's not that hard to do. Um, oh, one of the <laughs> one of the things that happened this week, um, oh dear, my French drain has collapsed. So the question is, is the water getting out from under the house? Well, yes. I'm not sure how, but (laughs) it's in the street. (laughs) Since my house sits at the middle of the downhill slope, everything from the back goes to the front. And if it doesn't go out the front, it stays under my house. It's not under my house. It's going. So um, I'm not real sure what I'm going to do about that. But I will tell you that if you have had a French drain collapse the the first thing you have to do is dig it up and see what kind of shape it's in, and that of course is the thing I most don't want to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying not to have to do that, but I do know where it was, and I do know that it's collapsed now, and it was old anyway. It was not a it was not a it was a gravel and and heavy you know perforated pipe, but it was not a, a permanent installation. So I'm going to have to I'll be bringing you details of the recovery of the front yard now the lawn could care less okay the lawn is growing the there's a hole and there's another hole and the lawn is filled right in just could care less it's sprouting doing looking good don't try to mow it <laughs> it's gonna be a mess but maybe I can just plant something there if I planted something with really absorbive roots would that work I don't know main thing is to keep the water out from under the house all right, I think that's everything on the questions route for this moment. So I will tell you, triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the SuperTalk call line. I did have a
9: question from one of my buddies. He texts me on my phone, and uh, oh, he said good. to
8: ask. Can I do this one? Oh okay, yeah. Okay. Okay.
9: What's the difference between monkey grass and mondo
8: grass? Well, this is a good one. Um, I go directly to the Georgia Gardener, my pal Walter Reeves. Walter Reeves has some of the best answers to a lot of things that are just. That would seem obvious if you if you if you know any horticulture, but are not necessarily obvious at all um, on his it, you go to georgia gardener um, you 'll come up with Walter has a great system, Walter has questions that get answered and all kind of other stuff, but he also puts up as many pictures as possible of what he 's trying to show you, and in this case it 's a a piece of very a plant a variegated lyriope now if you don't know what that is if you go anywhere and you see a plant that's about a foot tall has green and white striped leaves and and in the summer puts up stalks they have little flowers but then they turn berries on top of them everybody's seen that okay that is lyriope or liriope as as it was taught to me but that's in fact what we call monkey grass. It can be solid green or it can be striped, but usually it's the striped one, and usually it's this taller plant called lyrio. Plant looks just like it, except it's short and has skinny green leaves, is the one that's called monkey grass, and it's actually Ophiopagone, which I'm probably not pronouncing right. I've never been able to pronounce that one right. But it's the one that is mowable, walkable, standable, can't kill it, let it take over in the shade, ground cover that is in fact mondo grass um, and, and it doesn't grow it grows the same because they're both in the lily family neither neither one of them are technically grasses they both grow are in the lily family and they both grow from that center of the clump okay they they grow the same way that's why we think of them as being related they're not actually, except in a very, very distant way, but the 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 one that you want, if you're looking for a, for something interesting to look at to make the edge of a bed, you're looking for the leary oak or the monkey grass. But if you're looking for a low-growing, lower-growing ground cover, something you can walk on, you're looking for our friend mondo. Okay, that's the biggest difference. Um, Let's see. Oh, she doesn't like the snails we've been talking about today. Hello, Donna. Thank you for calling from Madison. What's the problem?
12: <laughs> snails. Snails. Where are they? They're everywhere in my backyard. Well, in my okay. front yard, too. But they just come out and commit suicide on my hot concrete patio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, But then when I dig in pots, or dig in the ground, they are there, too.
8: Right, right. The, the, it's too wet for them in the ground is why they're crawling out onto the concrete. That that also happens with earthworms. And it's one of the weirdest things, I mean, it's, it's strange, but it's they would rather die there than die there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they're going to either drown or fry, so it does happen. Um, there's not a lot of good approaches. Obviously, drying out helps a whole lot when it comes to controlling snails. There are they mollusks. There are mollusk molluscicides that you can spread, but I would I would take a few of them in a jar or at least photographs, and go to your garden center, whichever one's your favorite one there in Madison, and. Talk to them about it because the problem is that there's somewhere that they're somewhere they're living. They're not they may be found all over the place, but they're living somewhere that's staying too wet because that's their best habitat. And if you can figure out a way to dry that out, it might be under a shed, it might be under a log pile, it could be any number of places. But if you can puzzle that out, you'll have a better you'll have a better place to put the control product, first of all, but you'll also have a better control in the in the long run. Okay.
12: I'm so sorry, they're a
8: pain, aren't they?
12: (laughs) They are a pain, but my grandsons have had fun uh, having snail races. Oh, well, of course. Where they would put them out on a patio table and let them see who was going to win. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm tired of
8: them. That reminds me of our hermit crab races on the porch in the summertime in Gulfport. My great aunt was to, was absolutely sure that we were going to ruin her reputation and her house. <laughs> but we did it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. It's great to hear from you today. Appreciate that. Oh, snails. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. It is a thing though. I will say it's a it's a it's a real thing. I I'm I grew up in a, a crazy world that I realize now is kind of rarefied. It didn't seem that way at the time because nothing that we do seems rarefied to us when we're experiencing it. Um I, I never knew that I grew up in an educated household. I thought everybody read all the time. You know, I thought Everybody got the newspaper and read the cereal box and, and had books and all that. I, di- I didn't know. That's a very rarefied environment for human beings, and I'm very very lucky for it. One of the things that we had, and I'm not really sure why because my mother was not especially tolerant of animals, we had birds flying around in our house. Now, I'm pretty sure that the parakeets were given to my sister as a gift by someone that everybody loved, and so mother couldn't just have them disappear. So, but over the years, they became part of the household, and much to her surprise, they they, they we talked to them and they talked back. They didn't talk like parrots talk, but. They had particular chirps for particular things, and we were very conscious of all of that. And I always took that to be very common. Turns out it's not. The University of Barcelona is actually studying domesticated birds to try and understand how humans learn to speak, because birds do it better than we do. I had no idea. I love this. Um, Universities of Barcelona, Cologne, and Tokyo are treating this whole business, trends in cognitive sciences, trying to understand how we learn stuff, how we cognate, if you will. Um, this is great. I just love it. And, and they do, in fact, do it sooner, so we need to pay attention. Hmm. Well, we've got to communicate. We've got to communicate with this, and then we'll be right back with Weekend Gardening.
14: No-Drip Roofing and Construction, the name says it all. All types of roofing and construction, your certified teed shingle installer, family-owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No-Drip Roofing and Construction, 601-371-1051.
8: Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees, Hmm. Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthew's Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthew's for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthew's Tree Service. Get ready to laugh. I hear somebody yelling across
0: the parking lot. Jack
13: you. Chad Brather here. I want to invite you to join me in Forest, Mississippi. And my crazy comedy tour is coming to town May 27th. We're going to be at the Scott County Forest Convention Center. Cole Ford's going to be there. My life, my life is perfect. My truck, my car, homework Ira Dean's going to join us as well. Get your tickets now at WatchChad.com. May 27th. Forrest, Mississippi. Get your tickets at WatchChad.com. We'll see you there. The
15: Sheraton Flowood will be hosting a job fair. We're hiring for positions in food and beverage, housekeeping, finance, sales, engineering, and front office. The job fair will be at the Sheraton Flowood at 2200 Refuge Boulevard in Flowood on Friday, April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and also on Friday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also apply online at aimbridgehospitality.com.
4: Builders.
13: Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon.
2: I'd like to be under the sea
8: so nice to hear from you this morning ah oh, yes I am not even going to make the John Ringo joke what is a John what is John to Ringo Lou anyway it's another whole set of Beatles jokes Anyway, do you know that there's some people that get better looking as they get older and Ringo Starr is one of them I saw him recently and I thought well he wasn't that cute <laughs> now he is that's great. I guess some of it's survival, but some of it's also we, we grow into our faces or we grow into our ears or whatever the you know outstanding thing is. Um, by the way, folks, if you are not already at your local Master Gardener group's um, plant sale, you should be. The Metro One's metro area here where I am, having their sale today at Mynell Gardens, of course. They're in the midst of it right now. But, but your, trust me, your Master Gardener group is, is having a sale, so go see them. If you don't already know what they're doing, you ought to anyway. That's a wonderful group of people, and if you have the time, you should be one. Uh, It's an opportunity to learn lots and lots about horticulture and give donations of time to your community. Come on now. That's a win-win all the way around. Absolutely. Okay, last week we learned that there were a whole lot of Tyrannosaurus rexes, probably more than anybody thought and that the numbers have to be counted from the fossil record on a quality of 10, so there's either a whole lot or a really whole lot. Okay, I could bring the numbers up, but I'm not going to do that. This week, a different group of people, in this case folks from the University of Arkansas, have released some research to let us know that when we see those pictures of them running across the world together, you know, the animations of, uh, of 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 T-Rexes on their little tiny feet, you know, running all across the place. They probably actually did that. And it's not just because it's artful or clever cartoonery or anything like that. There are indications that we've just been able to unearth. They've been able to unearth. That 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 late Cretaceous period has really gotten a lot of attention lately. We've been talking about a lot of things that have been come have come up through the fossil record from that time um, to let us know that. In this particular case, this notion that the Tyrannosaurus Rex would be over here and everything else would be over yonder and the prey, you know, they're running over here and getting it and all that, that's kind of true, but actually they actually lived in groups. They were not as solitary as we have been led to believe or that the limitations of our animation have led us to believe, perhaps. This is uh, in Utah's Grand Staircase, which, by the way, the Escalante National Monument I'm not ever going to make it to all of them, but I would go back to that one. It's beautiful, spectacular. Um, There's several dinosaur remains from the same species, and what they have found is that they actually were social carnivores more similar to wolves. So pack predators. pretty much they 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 live together. They find this because they are, they're their their fossils are are buried together. We understand that you know, if you're in the same place, you're in the same place in this case for eternity, but the scientists from the US Bureau of Land Management, from the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, Colby College of Maine, James Cook University on Australia, all of them came together to study this because I'm telling you the grand staircase is beautiful. They wanted to be there. You want to be there too, Um, particularly because in this particular unique fossil bone site everything has a name Okay, and the names that we humans give things oftentimes reflect our feelings about them. In this case, this place where these bones have been found of all of these T-Rexes in one place is called the Rainbows and Unicorns Quarry. Now, if I was into this, that's where I'd want to be, wouldn't you? Come on. Um, They say it, of course, exceeded their expectations, even from the lofty nickname. So they're over the moon about all of this uh, paleontological research that they have found. They've been there since 2014, and it will continue until the foreseeable future because there's so much there to excavate and look at. Um, Among other things, the, the, the tyrannosaurs may be the drawing card, you know, for those of us out here, but for folks that do paleontology, the sites also yielded seven species of turtles, a bunch of fish and rays, two other kinds of dinosaurs, and interestingly enough, um, a nearly complete skeleton of a 12 foot long alligator. But these don't seem to have died at the same time. The Tyrannosaurus, the, 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 the Tyrannosaurus all have died at the same time. They can tell that by their age. So they are, they've added greatly to our understanding um, about the commonality of their experience with modern day birds, for example. We know more now than we did. Um, Then we did know about that, okay? Brown University is letting us know that underneath the crust of Mars, yep, there's conditions that could be right for microbial life as we understand it. As NASA's Perseverance rover wanders about and brings us stuff and tells us things, um, we may find out an awful lot more, but right now they're looking for the ingredients for radio- radiolysis. And that, that's going to be radioactive elements that can convult to sulfates. Those are important and other, other bits and pieces of things. But they're looking for that, and they're finding it under the surface of Mars. I'm glad we can find these things out now. What are Dwight and Cecil doing? Good morning. Welcome in. Oh, asparagus. What's on your mind? They're gone. Yes, this is
11: uh, Cecil and Dwight Locke. We're calling about asparagus. Okay. Uh, My dad talked to you many years ago, and you were bragging about how Listen, everybody, Cecil did it right. Waited the three years after planting before we touched them, anything like that. Yeah. And they were just doing great. But now they're producing very skinny, thin ones, and it's mm-hmm. not that much. Is the bed wearing out.
8: It may be. Um, have you, what do you fertilize with? Or if you, if you fertilize. Hello, do you fertilize them?
11: I have only thing I have been putting on them in the past has just been uh, cow manure, and uh, I've not been using any commercial fertilizers.
7: Mm-hmm.
11: <coughs> but, okay. Uh, I just wondered if I needed to put nitrogen on them or what I needed to do.
8: I think you're going to need a balanced formula. Now, you can get that in a a natural source or what would be called an organic fertilizer. We don't have to go to a commercial formula. You can get one that's a natural source. But I also want you to consider how crowded the bed is because there does come a point where asparagus will play out unless you dig and divide it just like you would do any other perennial. It takes about 10 years, but y'all have been clipping that long, so I'm confident that it could, in fact, be a crowding problem. But before I started digging it up, because that's something you want to do in the fall anyway, you don't want to do that now, I would go and get a bag of something like Dr. Earth's you know, organic garden fertilizer for vegetables and just use that this summer. Um, you may find that it's it, it helps, you may find that it doesn't, but certainly they will be in better shape to be dug up and divided next fall. They will eventually play out, but it it takes 20 or 25 years. Well,
11: these, these are, I've, been, I've had it now about eight years.
8: Mm-hmm. You should be you should still be getting prime production. I think we're in need of a, a multiple, multiplicity of nutrient elements so go and check that one out we got to go the clock has closed me up here folks thank you so much for calling from oxford thank you for calling from everywhere thank you for getting up rhino i appreciate you and by the way folks this is one of the best things that happens to anybody to have a microphone for two hours i never take it for granted i want you to know how much i love you and how much i appreciate you being here come back again next week for more weekend gardening
9: Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of Della South
14: Communications.